It is Saturday, December 5th, 2020, and you are listening to the Federalist Forum, a constitutional think tank for every patriotic American. Today in the Federalist Forum, I will talk about the Insurrection Act and what the chances are of it being invoked by President Trump. Coming up next on the Federalist Forum. Good evening. Welcome to the Federalist Forum. I'm your host, Tom. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast that's become a popular resource for conservative truth and action, the podcast that aims to be brain food for the intellectually curious and hungry. I want to talk tonight a bit about the Insurrection Act. Uh, There's a lot of talk going on right now about uh, potential civil conflict in this country. And in my last podcast, I alluded to uh, the fog of war around that a little bit and exactly what that looks like and how it's not so clear. So this is going to expand on that discussion a little bit, but I've seen a lot of chatter uh, today, especially on Parler, about the Insurrection Act and uh, the likelihood of President Trump using that. Well, let me first give you a little bit of background. The Insurrection Act gives the President of the United States certain powers under uh, U.S. law, uh, 10 U.S. Code 252, which is the use of militia and armed forces to enforce federal authority. And basically, whenever the president considers that unlawful obstructions, combinations, or assemblages, or rebellion against the authority of the United States make it impracticable to enforce the laws of the United States in any state by the ordinary course of judicial proceedings, he may call into federal service such of the militia of any state and use such of the armed forces as he considers necessary to enforce those laws or to suppress the rebellion. Well, there's some real keys there in what that says. And there's also importance in precedent. Now, I will tell you over the next few minutes exactly why I do not believe that President Trump is going to invoke the Insurrection Act. So bear with me. And I understand that there's a lot of ambiguity out there over the ways he could do this and why he would do it. And I don't disagree that there is a big mess out there, but I this does not, it doesn't fly. And you're going you're gonna to hear in a few minutes, uh, over the next few minutes, why I believe that. Now, the Insurrection Act has been invoked 22 times in our history. Okay, and that's going back to 1807 when it was first uh, instituted. 22 times. And in those 22 times, less than 300 people have been killed as a result of its invocation. That that's very minimal. And when you consider the population and the turbulence and the number of people at odds and at each other's throats in our current environment today, the number of people that would potentially be casualties of something like this would be in the tens of thousands, if not the hundreds of thousands or more. It's not not lightly. You know, and the broadest act, the, the, the time that the Insurrection Act was used in the in the broadest matter would have been for a few days in 1968 for riots that occurred simultaneously in Baltimore, Washington, D.C., and Chicago following the assassination of Martin Luther King. And less than 50 people total were killed across those three cities uh, during the invocation of, of the Insurrection Act at that point in time. Now, the key here, you know, with the Insurrection Act and all the other time, I mean, it's been used... Uh, the, the Nat Turner Rebellion, it was used uh, during the L.A. riots in 1992. You know, it's, 
these are localized events with a clear point of contention affecting a specific issue in a specific area with a set outcome. And this that's a little bit different than saying widespread election fraud across the United States. And let me get into more of that in a minute. But the closest time, the closest thing that could come to this used during any election uh, was in 1872, when President Grant sent, invoked the Insurrection Act and sent federal troops into Louisiana following a very highly contested governor's race. And following that race, riots and violence occurred, and a short coup even followed it. it basically, the two sides, there was a Republican uh, governor, William Kellogg, who defeated his challenger, John McHenry, which is a Democrat. Well, the, the, the John McHenry, didn't, his supporters didn't ex accept the outcome of the election said it was very rigged, even though um, the Republican candidate Kellogg had won by like 13 percentage points. But they rose up and they, for a moment, for a while, took control of the government. Until federal forces came in, made a deal with McHenry and some of his leadership to surrender, uh, basically. And he didn't end up uh, with being imprisoned or anything at that point in time. But so that's the closest thing. But it involved a state, specific state election. Not a federal election. What we have to remember in the Insurrection Act is it talks about federal laws. The presidents need to enforce federal laws. The elections are state-run. They are not centralized in a federal process for a reason. That reason is supposed to be to prevent the ease of fraud. Well, <clears throat> things have clearly gotten out of control at the state levels. But the state's... The elections are state-run. So the president invokes the Insurrection Act. He can't invoke it on the basis of widespread election fraud. You know, I mean, when we think, where does it, I mean, where does it go? Where does it start? Where does it stop? Will bad actors surrender? Will bleed into other states? Where, I mean, there's corporations involved, foreign powers potentially involved, political packs involved, politicians at all levels, the media. There are 100 million people involved between the faithless bad actors and the antagonists who support them. It's if you storm one of these state houses and you take control, you don't think that a neighboring blue state isn't going to send in their own national guard over the border to try to assist their cronies in, in defending the state house and have potentially have our own national guard shooting at one another. I mean, you don't think that can happen because it can, and, and and I think it would. But, you know, what happens if, I'll give you an example, what happens if Trump sends troops into Harrisburg? You don't think that Cuomo is going to quickly ally with Murphy and maybe Northam in, in the general region to try to take back the state house in Pennsylvania? And, yeah, I get a lot of people are saying, oh, great, then it, it's a flashpoint, and it's, a, it's a war and whatnot. But it's, people want to say, well, we, we revolt against Democrats. Okay, well, which ones? Are you going to assault the state house or are you going to assault the Starbucks down the street? And how are you coordinating that with every government in every town of every state across the entire country? We are too large, too entangled, and the majority of society, the very vast majority, are dependent on each other, regardless of political position, for the survival of for food, for communications and health care, just to name a few very crucial ones that people will need. You know, what does the supply chain look like? Where are we imprisoning people? It's not a simulation. It's not Red Dawn where a few communists took over a rural mountainous town of a few hundred people. 
This is a serious thing. It's spread wide across the country. It Trump can't just send troops out into this ambiguous sea of widespread election fraud. Where does he start with them? That's that's the problem with the Insurrection Act. I am not saying that there's not fraud and there's not a problem and that we don't have to, you know, we can't address it or there's not a way to address it. Clearly, we have to get a roadmap and figure this out. And we have to figure it out soon. I don't think it's going to result, I don't think any of this is going to result in the way people want it to, at least on the right. I don't think the courts are going to be able to overturn enough to turn this direction, the, the election, in Trump's favor. I really don't. So I, I think people need to prepare themselves for that now. Now, let's say hypothetically that they do. Then the Insurrection Act actually becomes somewhat easier because chances are there's going to be uprising and violence in a lot of states for people that aren't going to accept it. And then Trump has more power to invoke the Insurrection Act to try to quell violence in these states, cities that where this occurs, regardless of whether or not the governors want him to. He just has the power to. And I believe that he may in that situation. But I don't think that's going to be the situation. I don't think this is going to be overturned. So I think patriots need to prepare yourselves for the fact that the Supreme Court, the courts don't swing this around the other way. Trump cannot use the Insurrection Act to then try to forcefully take power. It's gone through the judicial process. Whether we believe that's corrupt or not at various levels, that's another discussion and another argument. But it's not a position or a situation where Trump can just easily send troops out there. And again, where do you send them? Where do you start? And let's just use Harrisburg as the example. So he sends federal forces into Harrisburg, and you end up with a situation where the, the Capitol Police in Pennsylvania, the state police, the local police, are now faced uh, with facing off against their own National Guard members, their, num- their neighbors, or say it's members of the military. At what point? Who surrenders in regarding their oaths? I mean, I, I get what, we're, what a lot of people are going to think, well, of course, if you're the local, if you're the police and you're the state police, you say, well, this governor is corrupt and I'm just not going to obey these orders and whatnot. It's not that crystal clear. And that's the problem, is there is so much ambiguity in this. And I can tell you one thing. There is not a police officer in this country. There is not a National Guardsman in this country. There is not a member of the military in this country that wants to turn their weapon on a brother or sister more than any citizen in this country that's it's an even tighter bond an even tighter pact that does cross political lines when i served in the military now this was a long time ago when i served in the marine corps but i had friends that had different political viewpoints it's it's common really that they exist out there but your bond that brotherhood that you have of trusting your life with somebody and them trusting theirs with you know trusting you with theirs it goes deeper than any kind of ideology or belief system you're not going to have federal forces march in and forcefully take a state house where they have to commit acts of violence against their brothers or sisters and i don't believe that you're going to have brothers or sisters that are going to stand there because of their pride and their oath and just forfeit or surrender their position we could talk all day as to whether or not they should whether it's the right thing or the wrong thing but i'm just being practical with you here 
And now you have to imagine that that same scenario has to play out not just in Pennsylvania, but in Wisconsin, in Michigan, in Georgia, in Arizona. And pick a state. You've got red and blue all over the country. Because you do something like this in Pennsylvania, it doesn't mean that the blue state out in California isn't going to get pissed off and want to find a way to be involved in it in some way or another. You're talking about a situation, a flashpoint that potentially results in hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people displaced, killed, wounded, infrastructure destroyed. That's not going to happen. Because not only is it there's not clarity in that. There's not a direct end to it. How, where does it end? How do you get it when this is so entwined in, in corporate corporations and politicians everywhere and foreign actors? And then you know, if something like this happens, you leave yourself wide open for foreign incursion and terrorist attacks and everything else. It is, it's a disaster. And that is how the UN ends up marching in. And trust me, we talk a lot of game and we're big and we're bad and we want to fight. We can't fight each other and foreign forces at the same time. It's not, it, we will lose. And it's pathetic. So there's there's got to be a smarter plan through this. And I'm just telling you, I'm giving you reasons, concrete facts of the precedent of the Insurrection Act, what how it's been used in the past, how the law is stated, and the practicality of that in the situation we're looking at. These elections are state-run, and that is by law. So the course of law right now is dictating what's happening. The answer is that in these states that have been corrupted, we need to get Republicans or Patriots or Tea Party, whatever you want to call the new generation of Patriots, the MAGA Patriots, we need to get more red blood into these state governments. We need to fix them. We need to change the legislation around election laws in these states. The states have the power to require voter ID. The states have the power to legislate if they want people to vote at the polls. It's all at the state levels, but it has to happen at the individual 50 states. It cannot and will not happen at the federal level. It's a big it's a big fact. It's a big it's not up for discussion really. It's just it is what it is. So just food for thought, Patriots. There's a lot of information out there, but there's a lot of reasons why things can and cannot happen or will and will not happen. And I'm telling you right now that my gut is that the courts aren't going to swing this in favor of President Trump. And because of that, I do not see any way the Insurrection Act is invoked. So if the courts do swing it in in his favor, which would make many of us very happy things are going to get bloody because the other side is going to rise up then you may see the invocation of the act but i don't see it playing out that way so i'm not trying to be the bearer of any bad news here tonight but i thought it was a very important topic to address because i've seen a lot of talk about it online and as we get closer and closer to these deadlines with the uh, the electors that window gets shorter it gets smaller and the options become fewer so some of these talks around some of these rather extreme ideas while they may seem practical they really are not and it's not likely to happen that way so hey that's all i have for tonight if you enjoyed the show i'd be very grateful if you take a minute to share it with your friends and family if you're on apple and will leave a positive review for me i'd really really appreciate it feel free to follow and engage with me on parlor my handle is at exposing libs bs 
Friends, it's all it's time for all of us to passionately take action. We gotta continue to take the action we are taking. And we the people have a proud history of doing just that. You've been listening to the Federalist Forum. Thank you for your listenership and for your patriotism as we fight together to preserve the founding principles of our constitutional republic. Until next time, sapientia est potentia. Wisdom is power.